your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. Leeward and Falk to the near side. Ramir Johnson splits out. It's an empty backfield now for McCaffrey. Luke gets the snap. Going to follow off the right side. Cuts in the middle. Breaks a tackle into the end zone. Touchdown, Nebraska. Luke McCaffrey from five yards out. of The Huskers a point away from tying the game. Sports Nightly is presented by the NDOT Highway Safety Office, who reminds you to buckle up and put the phone down. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. Well, well, Husker fans, how about that basketball team today? A 47-point win over McNeese State to start the season for the Big Red. They roll to a 102-55 victory today to start Fred Hoiberg's second season. Man, did that look good. Welcome to the program tonight. We've got a full show for you coming up in the next three hours, including our weekly football show moved up a night because of the game being Friday. This week is it a Saturday, so Mike Dawson will be with us, Husker outside linebackers coach in hour number two. But we'll focus a lot here in hour one on Husker hoops, Ben McLaughlin. And, man, did this team get after it today. Everybody will point to the the scoreboard and the the, the way they shot the basketball the thing that impressed me maybe the most, forcing 27 turnovers in the game. I love the way they got after it defensively in this game. I don't know how in the world you could come away other than impressed with what you saw today by the Big Red. Yeah, and this is a, an opponent Nebraska needed to beat, and there are a lot of people out there that are probably going to put too much stock into this win, which is okay. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> um, there's a lot of people out there that are probably um, – going to kind of scoff at it and say well it's just mcneese you know so uh, people are probably going to be all over the map on this and and i get it it's one game they're going to take on a much much better nevada team tomorrow but you can't just assume i mean we, we saw what happens last year under coach hoiberg if you just assume you're going to win this team started zero and two with losses to uc riverside and southern utah so this is definitely um you know, a better start to the year. There were a lot of things that should have you excited as a Husker fan. The depth, uh, six double-figure scores. You talked about the turnovers forced, uh, 16 steals, 10 made threes. Uh, Not one starter played over 26 minutes. I mean, there there are a lot of things in this game that that you should be happy with and, 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 you know, you should enjoy. However, um, you do have to turn the page and play another really good team tomorrow. So that's great if you want to soak this up. Let's not just shove them in the Sweet 16 right now. But, you know, I was texting you during the game. There are a lot of parts of this team that I really like. And and I think that, you know, this is the, the more games that they get under their belt and they're playing together, the better this team's going to be. So, I, I yeah, I'm with you. I'll, color me impressed what I saw today. Absolutely. If you have thoughts about it, love to hear them. 531-500-4686. You can dial us up on our Sports Nightly Hotline. Brought to you by the Woodhouse Auto Family, bringing you more choices in brands, locations, and service. Experience the difference. Purchase with confidence. This is Woodhouse. You can also fire off a text. Oh, that same number. In fact, John in Omaha did that just when we hit the air tonight, saying for the last six years, 
Oh, no, he said that I don't know what the year is going to bring for a total number of wins, but oh my, the jump in athleticism, aggressiveness, and a prayer at hitting shots is going to be so much more fun. Go Big Red. I couldn't agree with you more, John. I thought the two biggest numbers were 27, that's the number of turnovers forced, and 19, that's the number of assists Nebraska had. 19 assists on 36 36- uh, made field goals in the game, and Nebraska out-rebounded a team, which I'm not sure it happened at all last year. So there was just so much more in there. Great balance up and down the lineup, Ben, with six guys in double figures, and that kind of goes back to your comment about that there's going to be a lot of depth on this team. There's a lot of different ways they can beat you, and they don't need to rely on one guy or two guys to have big nights for them to win. They can go, okay, A and B isn't playing well tonight. That's fine. We've got C, D, E, and F ready to roll here. I I love that when basketball teams are balanced like that. Well, I think what, to me, what it means is, you know, I think it's predicated on your system, too. I mean, when so many times with Nebraska ball in the last 10 years, it's been Terran Petaway, it's been Siobhan Shields, it's been James Palmer, and, and all of the offense runs through that that player. When you have a system like this under Coach Hoiberg where there's a lot of different dimensions to it, there's a lot of moving parts, there's tons of plays, you're so multiple. You know, th- think of it as, you know, running a spread offense and having – you know, almost like the Chiefs. You know, you've got Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I know. But, <laughs> I mean, when you've got a lot of things out there to defend, it's really difficult to plan for just one guy, right? Yeah. I mean, you know where you know where the Titans are going with the ball in the fourth quarter. They're handing it to Derrick Henry, right? LeBron James is getting the ball. You know what I mean? So when you have the – the multiplicity of of what Nebraska has, and and they're still going to have their guys, right? Teddy Allen's going to be one of their guys. Trey McGowan's is going to be one of their guys. Uh, Delano Band's going to be one of their guys. Like they, they they do have the guys that they they would prefer to take shots or to do certain things. Don't get me wrong, but when you're Coach Hoiberg and you've got you know six to seven to eight players that can go off for twenty a night makes your job pretty easy and honestly kind of fun when you can diagram different things and um, you can attack weaknesses and defenses. So Nebraska probably could have won any way they wanted to today if they force-fed somebody one player the ball or focused on getting the ball inside or whatever it was. They probably could have won any way they wanted to, but it's just really nice to see uh, the, the, the even spread and – there are going to be nights when Teddy Allen's going to need to get you 30. There are going to be nights when Trey McGowan's hits three threes early and you're like, okay, he's our guy. You know, we're going to, we're going to, you know, feed him until he goes cold. You know, there, there are still going to be nights when Nebraska has a hot hand and they ride it. But when you're coach Hoiberg and you have the ability and you have the skill guys and you've got a guy like Delano Banton at six foot nine, that can see the floor and he can pass the way that he can. That's an offense's offensive guru's dream to have a facilitator like that. Um, so, again, I think to take what you want from the win, but I think the building blocks, the fun, the fundamentals, take McNeese out of it. Just what Nebraska has to work with, I think, is you know says a lot about what the ceiling of this kid, team could be. Are they going to win the Big Ten? Probably not, but I, I wouldn't put them in 13th place out of the shoot right now. I mean, I, think, I do think Nebraska is going to pop up and beat some teams that they probably shouldn't just because the the level of talent that they have on the floor um, 
you know, in, in terms of depth and not just one or two really good players. I have said for over a month, Nebraska will be by far the most improved team in the league. And that, you know, it, that may not be saying a ton because they weren't very good last year. They just, they weren't. And Fred Hoiberg would be the first to admit that. They are so much better in so many spots. And I can't take my eyes off Delano Banton. I mean, that, that guy has it all. Six nine point guard. How about his line today? 14 points, six rebounds, six assists, three steals, four block shots. That's unbelievable. I mean, he just has such great vision for the game. Not a great outside shooter. He's not going to drain a bunch of threes. That's not his game, and that's not what Nebraska needs him to be. But when you're that size and you're a point guard and you can see over the defense and deliver the ball, man, it is going to be so fun to watch him play. Uh, can't, can't wait to just see this team again tomorrow. One o'clock tip tomorrow. They'll play Nevada. Nevada beat North Dakota State today, 62-48. to This will be the best of the first four games for Nebraska. Nevada's the best opponent of the four. McNeese today, Nevada tomorrow, North Dakota State on Saturday, and then South Dakota on Tuesday. Nevada's the best of the first four. So we'll get a little bit better look at this team tomorrow and a quick turnaround for both teams because Nevada played uh, right after the Nebraska game ended today at PBA. But, again, that was fun to watch today. hope you had a chance to catch part of it or hear, listen, listen to part of it with Kent and Jake. And, again, they start pregame coverage tomorrow at high noon. All right, here's what we have on the program. Robin Washington of HuskerOnline.com going to join us here in a couple of minutes, get his take. He was inside PBA today to uh, – view this one firsthand his thoughts about the second edition of the fred hoiberg huskers today that just blasted mcneese state i i had forgotten ben that nebraska finished last year with 17 straight losses i, I get maybe i just didn't want to remember that but i was watching after our game ended i was watching one of the halftime updates of somewhere and they made that comment i'm like whoa i guess i didn't remember that but they were kind of poking fun at it i'm like yeah, well, that ain't going to happen again. Not as long as Fred Hoiberg's in town. That ain't going to happen again because that was impressive here today. So, Robin, coming up here in a couple of minutes, we'll get a practice report. The head coach met with the media today. This was a normal Thursday media session as the Huskers will travel tomorrow to Iowa City to get ready to play the Hawkeyes on Black Friday. And to no surprise, Ben, he didn't reveal his cards on the quarterback position, did say, and I think Tim had this clip in the ticker earlier in the hour that both quarterbacks have have had good weeks. Yeah, I, I mean, not surprised to hear it. Not surprised we didn't get a starter. Um, you know, we'll we'll find out we'll find out who's who's out there in, in a couple of days. But um, yeah, I I, I would have been shocked to hear if if Nebraska named a starting quarterback today and. It was good to hear that the competition was good. I would have been disappointed to hear otherwise. I, I wouldn't have imagined hearing otherwise. I just kind of expected to hear that. But, um, you know, at this point, you uh, you look forward to what they can bring to the next level and, um, you know, hopefully prepare and, and play a lot better against uh, against Iowa than you did last week against Illinois. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, we've got that tonight. Mike Dawson will be with us the entire hour number two of the program tonight, Husker Outside Linebackers Coach. It is our Nebraska football show for the week. That's moved from Thursday to Wednesday. Huskers travel tomorrow, so we had to move everything back up a week, so we'll look forward to that. Buy, sell coming your way in hour number three, and certainly uh, we'll take calls 
uh, comments from you about Husker hoops, Husker football, as the basketball season began today at PBA with a resounding win by Fred Hoiberg's Huskers here today. Off and moving on a Sports Nightly Wednesday. Happy early Thanksgiving to everybody. Hopefully everyone stays safe throughout the holidays and whatever you're doing, you're enjoying time with whoever it is that you're spending with. Today, Nebraska basketball got their season underway with a thumping of McNeese. Huskers scored over 100 points. Here back with us uh, on the program, good friend Robin Washett, Husker Online. Dot com and Robin, first of all, thanks for joining us, man. It's been a long time since we've chatted. Uh, things went a little differently here in year two with Co- Coach Hoiberg in the in the season opener. Um, I think last year they they scored like 46, 47 points. They had that at halftime this time around. Yeah, I'd say year two went a little bit better. Yeah, it drew it up a little bit differently there, where you know they had forty-seven points and lost by eighteen or nineteen to UC Riverside in the opener, and now they had uh, fifty-two or fifty points uh, at halftime. This one in a uh, almost fifty-point victory. So, yeah, you, you, the script was flipped quite a bit in, in about every sense from year one to year two. Robin, as you could tell, when when Delano Banton, and that's probably the best place to start, um, when he committed, Mm -hmm. it was pretty clear how versatile he was. And then, you know, I got a chance to to watch him in Italy and thought, man, this guy is, it's going to seem like a long time before he's on the floor with Nebraska because I know, you know, he could have really helped Nebraska last year. He's definitely really going to help Nebraska this year. Uh, What were your impressions of of Delano today and everything that that we had heard about him and, and what he brought to the table? I mean, he was probably the guy I was most intrigued to watch today just because uh, outside of, you know, those streams (laughs) that you guys were putting out uh, from those Italy games, really hadn't seen much of them. And uh, everything that you'd heard from Fred Hoiberg, from his teammates, just raved about what a unique weapon he was, particularly as the primary point guard in this offense. And we saw every bit of that where – uh, I mean, he had such an impact on the game in every aspect where it was rebounding, it was scoring, it was assists or blocking shots or steals. Uh, basically, if there's a stat in the final box score, Donald Ben filled it up. And that's exactly what, uh, you know, I was hoping to see uh, just be given the, the reviews um, that he had garnered over the past year. And, yeah, I mean, he lived every bit up to the hype. And certainly Nebraska has – you know, like I said, one of uh, the most unique and intriguing weapons, uh, especially at the point guard spot, um, you know, maybe in the Big Ten Conference. And with him running the show in this offense, that is such such a weapon. I mean, you see him drive into the lane, and at six foot nine, he can see over almost everyone on the floor and kick it out to a wide-open uh, shooter on the perimeter. Uh, and, like, not only did he have four block shots, which is a team high, uh, he also was altering shots and, you know, really made life hard for these guards that, you know, not only is he, at some cases, you know, eight, nine inches taller than him, uh, he can keep with him, too, with his athleticism. So uh, I'm, it's going to be really fun to watch him develop in this offense, not only over this season, but um, you know, over the next couple of years, and just see how good he can be when all said and done. I had been asked a handful of times since I, I got to watch him play, how would I describe him? And, and the, the one word that I kept using was smooth. I mean, just everything he does just looks so natural. 
and it would be mm-hmm. pretty pretty un- understandable to see a six nine guy be kind of gawky, kind of awkward. But and I think you're you're the clubhouse leader, by the way, for tweet of the year when Nebraska's point guard wins the opening tip. Probably yeah. not a, a sentence you anticipated putting out at any point in your career. <laughs> Yeah, the point guard wins the opening tip, and their center drains a three from the corner on the first <laughs> possession. That that is that is Fred Hoiberg basketball in a nutshell in 2021. I I love it. Well, you mentioned you were intrigued to see Delano. I think all of us, Robin, were just intrigued to see this conglomerate of talent that we um, ha- had heard so much about, and we've we've heard described to us and so much and over the long off season. But just to see how they played together with one another, with Lat Mayan on the floor, Teddy Allen, and Trey McGowan, who I thought was an animal today. What what did you think just of uh, of the the meshing together? We had we've talked with you so much about this over the years, but just how they played together uh, within the system, everything that just kind of makes a basketball machine work. What did you think of what you saw today? Yeah, I mean, it was as good as you could have hoped. Now, they also jumped out to a big lead right out of the gate. The shots were falling and everything was great. Uh, and it's it's easy to, you know, gel with each other when, when things are going that well for you. Mm-hmm. So now the next question is when they play, uh, you know, a, a higher level opponent where, you know, you have Nevada tomorrow. They just beat North Dakota State uh, earlier today. And, you know, they're, they're a much tougher more physical team uh, than what they saw today, you know, how are they going to respond? I mean, that was obviously the critical issue for last year's team where once adversity hit, they crumbled in every sense. This year, uh, you know, by all accounts from, you know, Fred, uh, the players, they seem to have a, a much more stable foundation under them uh, just with their maturity and their veteran presence. But uh, we won't know that until, you know, the, the lights are on and they're actually playing someone who is giving them a significant test. But as far as their first, uh, you know, debut and, and first real challenge in that regard, they pass with flying colors and they look like a team that, um, you know, unselfishness has kind of been the theme uh, for, for this entire offseason. That definitely played out where, uh, you know, they had an eight-man primarily rotation, and no guy played over 26 minutes. None played fewer than 19, so there was a lot of minutes to be shared. There were a lot of shots to be shared where, you know, six guys in double figures, eight guys with eight or more points. Uh, I mean, that's about uh, a perfect picture, I think, of what Fred wants this to look like when things are all going well. But, again, you want to see how that translates tomorrow uh, when that competition gets kicked up a few notches. Yeah, and I think uh, you know anybody. <laughs> look, I get it. There are a lot of Nebraska basketball fans out there that have been so so negative, so pessimistic over the years because of the history of this program. And you see a, a season opener like this. There's going to be a lot of people <laughs> that are, that are uh, setting the the expectation bar pretty high after today. But especially the way that they played, and you kind of answered my, my next question just about six guys in double digits, and, and I think so many years past, you know, there's been a Taran Petaway or a Siobhan Shields or somebody that's just James Palmer, somebody that's had to carry the load. What, what does a Fred Hoiberg offense mixed with this collection of talent do for these talented teams, especially when it comes to scouting and personnel and just, you know, in, in this case, short prep times? I mean, they have eight guys that could legitimately score 20 points on a given night. And so that is kind of a scouting nightmare where you want to put all your emphasis on Teddy Allen or Lat Mayan or Delano Band. Fine. Trey McGowan is going to go off for 25. Thor is going to go for 18. You know, I mean, they, they have a, a litany of options 
that uh, you know can can beat you in a variety of different ways. Like they're not all three point shooters, they're not all drivers. You know, they they all do something differently that is going to create a lot of headaches for opposing coaches and and then trying to find ways of how to how to stop all five guys that are on the floor. And you know that's. That's why Iowa State's uh, Fred Hoiberg's teams at Iowa State were so good that you know it wasn't just two or three guys that were carrying the load night in night out. They had five, six, seven guys that uh, you know were all legitimate scorers. That uh, if you give them an opening, they're going to take advantage. And you know this was certainly a good start in replicating that. Um, but again, it, we'll see what happens when teams that are more physical and taller uh, pack the paint and make Nebraska have to earn it. And then how they respond when they don't make their first four three-pointers and uh, get going right out of the gate. So um, you know, I, I think it's certainly a promising debut, uh, but now they need to find a way to follow it up. But given what we saw today, uh, you feel pretty good about uh, if, if one or two of those guys have an off night, there's plenty of help to step up and pick up the slack. Yeah, and I, and I want to ask you about the defense too, because that's one area where Nebraska needs to improve, and and you know we're expecting a, a significant jump in that. We, we saw how good Nebraska was defensively with their length, with with Roby, with Copeland, with Palmer. We, we've seen good good length on the floor with Nebraska recently, and we are expecting a jump defensively here from the little bit that you saw today, paired with some expectation. How much of a step forward does this group need to be and, and have to be if they want to compete in the league? That's probably the thing I was most impressed about was, uh, you know, not just what they were doing offensively, but, uh, you know, their, uh, how active and aggressive they were uh, on, on the defensive end. I mean, they were challenging every passing lane uh, and just that overall length. You know, they have so many guys that have – you know, six nine, six ten, seven foot wingspans that uh, that cover a lot of ground, and they uh, know how to play the ball. I mean, the amount of steals they got, uh, and then the, the points off turnovers, that was just as encouraging as anything in my mind mm-hmm. than than what they did offensively because of how bad they were defensively last year. I mean, they, there was points last year where they were scoring, and it didn't matter because they would give it right back up on the other end, and it didn't seem like anyone on that team was interested in playing <laughs> playing defense. And mm-hmm. now you got guys that thrived off it. Shamil Stevenson coming off the bench, he was just a bulldog on those guys. Uh, you know, anybody that had the ball, I mean, he was kind of bumping them, roughing them up a little bit, going for the basketball and just making everything difficult. And, uh, you know, the same thing with, you know, Delano and Teddy Allen had three steals. And so there's just so many guys that seem to thrive off playing defense. And like Fred Hoiberg has talked about ad nauseum going back to last year, creating offense through your defense. And so, you know, like I said, that was that was definitely as much of a bright spot for me as anything that went on on offense was how willing and aggressive they were uh, to play defense and, and play it uh, you know, at a really high level. Absolutely. Robin Wash at HuskerOnline.com with us here on Sports Nightly. I'm Ben McLaughlin. Robin, one, it wasn't all uh, roses and rainbows today for the team. They issued a statement today on Derek Walker, another young man I got to know uh, a little bit last year and, and really impressed with him as a, as a young man um, and paying for a mistake he made when he was at Tennessee. Huskers will be without him for a significant portion of this season. What was your uh, response and reaction when hearing that suspension today? And what does that do for uh, just one piece of this rotation? Yeah, I mean, it's about as disappointing as it gets. Uh, the fact that, uh, like you talked about, Derek is probably as good of a kid you know, as a person 
uh, as you're going to find. And uh, he was one of the, the big vocal leaders on this team as well. I mean, not, not only was he an important presence in their front court, but uh, I mean, he was a guy that kind of had that, that commanding voice on and off the floor that guys were going to respond to. And so, I mean, I guess good news is he's still going to be around, but you know, not having him is, is going to make uh, a difference. And, you know, it's really unfortunate that, you know, like you said, something that happened back in 2018, 19, you know, almost 18 months, two years after the fact, you know, they still find a way to not only suspend him, but do so uh, on the basis of a 31 game schedule, a typical 31 game schedule, as opposed to the condensed 27 game schedule. And so half the season now means <laughs> it should mean, you know, closer to 13 games. Mm-hmm. And instead they uh, not only uh, put it at, uh, you know, half of a 31 game schedule, they rounded up and made it 16 games instead of fifth. Cause obviously half would be, you know, 15 point and a half. Well, they rounded up to 16 and, you know, really tried to make a statement, I think with, with this situation. And uh, unfortunately that comes at the expense of, uh, a really good kid and a really important piece in Nebraska's roster that they're going to have to find a way to, uh, you know, work around that, especially as they start to play, you know, bigger front courts where that post step is going to be needed. Yeah, frustrating, especially for a guy last year forced to sit out, wasn't able to play in Italy. Um, man, there's just a kid's been through a lot, and you know, just hopefully that he can make it through this and whenever it is that he is on the floor, um, you know, it's 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 impactful for him and. You know he, uh, you know he takes advantage of that. Robin Washit, HuskerOnline.com. Um, finish off with the with the hard hitting question that we've been saving for. Giants have a shot in the NFC East. I mean, that's just a bear of a division that they're that they're staring down right now. Well, you know, I'm just saying somebody's <laughs> going to win it. Somebody's going to go to the playoffs. And if you remember Seattle that went to the playoffs a few years yeah. ago at seven and nine, you know the Marshawn game. Uh, I think crazier things have happened. So. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think they're playing as well as they have all year. And uh, you know, they got a huge win against Philadelphia, and Philadelphia lost again last week. So, you know, I think they got an opportunity here with Cincinnati's, like, fourth-string quarterback now they're putting <laughs> in this week. And, uh, you know, the Washington and Dallas playing Thursday and, um, you know, the Eagles playing Seattle, you know, it sets up pretty well. They do have a, neck, a pretty difficult stretch coming up that they're going to have to navigate. But – uh, you know, I think they're playing as well as any team in the division, and it's right there for the taking. If it makes you feel any better, I will not root for Dallas ever in anything. Uh, I refuse to cheer for a team that doesn't have a mascot, so that Washington's out. And I've never been a Philly guy, so I guess I'm a Giants fan. I'll root for them to pull for the division just for you. How about that? That's why we're friends, man. <laughs> Robin, thanks so much, man. Great to hear from you. It's been a while. Hopefully the family's doing great. Have a great Thanksgiving. Hopefully, uh, you know, with the times now, you can still enjoy some family time uh, with, with, your, with your great family and, uh, and lots of basketball the next few days. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, man, no problem. Same to you. Happy Thanksgiving. Midwest Ford Dealers offering you an awesome prize this football season. All you have to do is enter a photo showing your Husker pride or vote for your favorite photo, and you could be the winner of a $50 Husker gift card. Enter and vote today at Facebook.com slash Huskers. Greg Sharp, Ben McLaughlin, back with you on a Wednesday night of Sports Island here on the Husker Sports Network. Let's go to the phone. Scott in Sioux City, you're up next. Good evening. Good evening, guys. How are you doing today? Good, Scott. How are you? I'm good. What an enjoyable basketball game. 
Sure was. Yeah, sure was. I was very optimistic hearing over the last few months what was trending, and then seeing uh, the oh the text about the guy that we lose for sixteen games. That sucked, but oh well. Um, I remember a couple of years ago when we got to the um, the Big Ten tournament and we only had six, seven guys. Yep. Thor, Thor was one of them. And and he didn't have a whole lot of playing experience prior to that. But he came out and I thought was a really good leader today. Um he he always has played really well. So I wanted to I wanted to make that comment. And then one other comment I wanted to make was uh how the team as a whole their their body language and their posture when they did positive things. I didn't see one time one person say, look at me or God, I'm good. Or it just looked like they were joyously playing as a team. (laughs) And then uh, also one thing we've been notorious for, especially last year when we had our 17th game run, thanks for bringing that up. But uh, I think it was until somewhere around the four minute mark to go uh, we had maybe a two, two-and-a-half-minute lull where we didn't score, but that was it for the entire game. And then finally, the three-pointer to get us to 100 points, Iakowski. How about that? How cool. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. That was cool. Scott, appreciate it. Thanks for the call. Glad you enjoyed the game. Hey, buckle up and put the phone down. A reminder from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. Let's get into tonight's practice report. Every practice. We're going to work on it every single day until these guys master it. All season long. There's nothing better as an athlete than being part of something that's bigger than just yourself. And I think these guys are starting to feel that and we'll keep building it. It's time for a Husker football practice report on Sports Nightly. And our practice report brought to you by JTEC. Football's back and soon the cold weather will be too. If your windows aren't ready for winter, call JTEC Construction, the official exterior experts of the Huskers. For a free estimate. We heard from the head coach today after practice. We did. And uh, a lot of questions that we had were, were answered on Monday. So a brief session with the head coach. The first thing he was asked today, though, was was Diedrich Mills and what he did this week and how he feels about the running backs going into Iowa. I feel good about running backs. Um, we'll see on Diedrich. Uh, he's practiced this week. Um, so it'll probably be, uh, be close with him. But we're hoping he can go. Yeah, I think Nebraska would welcome Diedrich Mills back against Iowa. Had a good game against them last year. It was a big part of the game plan as well. Speaking of game plan, um, Matt Farniak has been bouncing back from guard to center. We did see him finish the game at center last week against Illinois. How has Coach Frost felt about the performance of Matt Farniak at center? Yeah, it's just tough on Matt to have to jump back and forth to different things, and it's tough to prepare all week at one spot and then end up at another spot. But uh, he'd be capable of playing three different positions for us, and that's what makes him so valuable on top of the leadership we get from him. Um, Cam, Cam's looked great in practice this week, so hopefully we don't have that issue. That versatility, Ben, will really help Matt Farniak for a shot at the next level, won't it? I mean, if, if if pro teams can go, oh, you can play center? Oh, you can play guard. Oh, you can, in a pinch, you can go play tackle. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be attractive to a lot of a lot of teams in the NFL. Absolutely. His experience at all three spots 
which is very big, especially in the NFL with limited roster sizes. Um, I've talked a lot about Colin Miller this week, and it was great to hear that he was back at practice uh, with his teammates, uh, hanging around on the sideline, um, not going to play the rest of the year. What does Coach Frost think the defense is going to miss most about having Colin Miller out there on the field? Well, Colin's been the heart and soul of our team. Uh, uh, we have some good leaders. He's He's been the probably the, the leader of that group. Um, so just the energy that he brings and, and on top of the playmaking. Um, but uh, he'll be traveling with us to the game, and uh, we'll get the leadership from him. Um, I'm just glad he's he's going to be okay long term. Um, those are scary situations, and um, did a lot of praying for him, and uh, just care so much about him. So um, we'll we'll function without him, but it's going to be good to have him with us. Yeah, I mean that's that's not a spot where Nebraska's overly deep, um, and that's mm -hmm. a senior that's a senior captain. So I mean it is going to hurt not having him out there, especially against a team like Iowa. Maybe more more snaps for Snodgrass. Maybe Nick Henrich moves back inside. Be interesting to see how they 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 take and occupy those those snaps and loss of playing time from Colin. Coach Frost was asked about being an underdog against Iowa and not a lot of people that giving them a chance to win. Is that something that he uses with the team, or is he just leave it alone? No, uh, I don't worry about anything like that. Uh, we got to control what we can control, and that's in the building. Um, we didn't play with enough intensity Saturday, and um, we got to get that fixed. Uh, Iowa's a good team. Um, you know, we've we've played them pretty tough two years in a row, and, and lost a couple at the end. Uh, we just need to 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 play that hard and and that well to give ourselves a chance. Again, I don't, I don't. They shouldn't need extra motivation from what people are mm -hmm. saying about them against Iowa. I mean, it's a rivalry nope. game. You should, you should have enough within you to to get you ready to go. Um, okay, quarterback situation. Luke McCaffrey, Adrian Martinez. How have they handled this week? And and you know, another another week of open competition. Both of them had a really good week. Uh, we graded everything they did, um, every snap, and. Uh, both executed better than they have um, in practice probably any week this year. Uh, so we got a decision to make. Um, but, uh, you know, I've said all year I feel great about those guys. They they got to play up to the, their potential. They're both really talented kids that are more than capable of doing everything that we need them to do to, to play well and win football games. Comments from the head coach getting ready for Iowa. Oscars will head for Iowa City uh, tomorrow and maybe get a nice meal for Thanksgiving and then get ready to, to strap it up with the Hawkeyes on, on Friday. I think they're having their big meal tonight, I think, is when they're doing that and then kind of into the game day before nutrition layout today. So I think tonight's the big Thanksgiving spread for the guys. I, I, I can't imagine them not being fired up and motivated for this one. They they know they underperformed last week, and now you've got Iowa, a team you really want to beat because they've beaten you five in a row, and they've pulled it away from you in the last two years. I'll be shocked, Ben, if we don't see a really spirited effort. Not calling for a win. I just think I'll be shocked if we don't see a spirited effort on Friday. I would be too, and, and man, would that be disappointing to see another another mm. effort like you did on Saturday. I mean – if that truly was just a lesson, you better you, we better see twenty two guys with a fire lit under them on, on Friday, and and I expect that, and I think a lot of people expect that. 
tonight. It's the Nebraska Football Show, right here on the Husker Sports Network. Man in motion to tight end. They turn, give it off to Lee. Hit by Doman and drops for a loss of a yard. JoJo Doman wasn't fooled that time. Comes firing through there to bring the ball carrier down. Now third and goal. Great play by JoJo. A weekly look inside the Cornhusker football program. Husker send the blitz. Will Honus. Buckeyes pick it up. Now he's hit and dropped. Oh, Caleb Tanner came around on a stunt and slams Justin Fields to the turf of the 49-yard line. Tonight, outside linebackers coach Mike Dawson. Another huge third and three from the Nebraska 20. Ramsey turns, gives it off the hole, hit from behind and dropped for a loss by JoJo Doman. Back at the 24-yard line, it's a loss of four. It sets up fourth down and eight. And the field goal unit coming on for Northwestern. Nice play by Doman. Big play. Proudly brought to you by Channel. Channel Seedsman plays products to perform across Nebraska. Get expert advice that yields results at channel.com. Now here's the host of the Nebraska Football Show, the voice of the Huskers, Greg Sharp. Thank you. Welcome to our football show for the weekend day earlier because of the holiday tomorrow and the Huskers playing on Black Friday. Not a Saturday matchup this week. Nebraska getting ready to travel to Iowa City where they'll take on a Hawkeye team that's playing really good football. Going to talk with the coach for the entire hour. If you want to be a part of the program, here's a couple of ways to do it. You can dot us up with a call, 531-500-4686, or fire off a text on our U.S. Cellular text line. Proud to be the official wireless sponsor of the Huskers. U.S. Cellular connecting Husker Nation. Same number works for that text as well at 531 500 4686. Well, coach, I wish we had you on after a, a, a better week. That was a tough one Saturday, and it was it's a team game, and that one was a team loss. Uh, there were things to point to in all three phases, I'm sure, that the coaching staff didn't like. Yeah, Greg, that that was uh, one of those uh, anything that uh, could go wrong kind of did go wrong, and uh, it was a team. You win as a team two weeks ago. We were we were happy as a team together, and uh, you know two two solid uh, you know three solid performances by everybody, and then this week was the exact opposite of that. So uh, generally. In this game, I always say I think it's the ultimate team sport. Uh, you, you know, you got to, you got to. Everybody's going to go uh, win together. Everybody's going to lose together, and that one was definitely one that we lost together. Well, how how has this group responded since that thing on Saturday? Yeah, no one was happy. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, as it was going and and and, and afterwards. So uh, I, I was proud of the way the guys responded even coming back uh right on sunday and 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 just thirsting and dying to get back to work and try to you know get rid of that that's kind of the the blessing and the curse here with a short week uh that we get a chance to put that one behind us uh and uh go out and compete again on friday uh the same time we had to get cranked right up and uh, get back into the preparation and uh try to get ready to, to to get out there and get a better performance going um a little bit quicker than we normally would How's how's the this year been for you? I mean, you you come back to Nebraska during the off season. Um, you're with a different group in in a way. I mean, you're obviously still on the defensive side of the ball, but you're not working with any linemen, but you're working with that outside backers. How's it been for you the last eight nine months? Yeah, I, I mean, I, we could spend the next hour talking about that, Greg. Uh, <laughs> and probably just like everybody else that's out there and everyone that's listening, this this has been an uh, unprecedented time for all of us, and this uh, pandemic has made things uh, crazy in all of our lives. Um, and then throw on top of that, moving in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, we were in isolation when we were in New Jersey for 42 straight days, just trying to be diligent and making sure that when we did come back, we were uh, with a clean bill of health. 
health and then uh, putting all the moving parts that go along with doing something like that. So we had to orchestrate movers and packers and people coming into the house in New Jersey and then the stuff getting out here and having a, a layover in between, between you know, uh, being out of one house and into another house. So uh, it's been crazy that way, uh, trying to get everything situated. But uh, all in all, uh, we're really happy about being back in Lincoln, and that was a big reason why we made this move is uh, to, to try to get back to Lincoln and, and, and this community. And then as far as the football piece of it, you know, it's, it's not how you would draw it up, uh, you know, three or really it's been truthfully four different schools in four years or four different programs, I should say, teams in four years. So um, that part's been wild. But honestly, uh, the, the experience and having the year last year uh, in New York and, and getting to coach the out, those outside linebackers and working with those those athletes and the, and the staff that, that, that I was on was, was great and it uh, helped prepare me to get back in here. And, you know, I've always kind of been tied into the front since I've been with Eric um, going back to our UCF days, obviously, whether it's the, the D-line or the linebackers or the outside backers in this case, we kind of, you know, had to work pretty tight and pretty well together. So kind of knew what he would want and uh, the different tweaks and different ways of teaching and that comes along with it. And uh, it's been fun to get to know this group of guys a little bit better. You're right, I was around them, but most of them were, were kind of either younger guys or, uh, you know, still kind of getting their feet wet when, when I was here two years ago. So, um, you know, a little bit different that way. And then uh, trying to get to know a bunch of people while at the same time, you know, socially distancing and wearing masks and uh, doing and doing a lot over Zoom, it, uh, it, may, it was pretty t- challenging. You, know, you get to learn people's body language and, you know, different inflections and whether it's uh, verbal or, you know, the, the visual cues that people give you when they're grasping you or learning from you or vice or, or vice versa. Uh, it's made it real interesting for sure. No, yeah, no doubt. Those are great points on all that. One guy that was here when you were here and that you now have in your room is Jojo Dolman. Assess for us the way you feel like he's played the first half of this season. Yeah, JoJo's been a guy. I mean, yeah, you guys can all see it as well as everyone. He doesn't come off the field for us. Uh, he plays on defense, and then he's out there on some of the special teams. And um, I think he's he, he's increased his game. Certainly, he's made some big plays. Um, he's done. Uh, you know, he's had a, a, a fair share of, of tackles for losses and um, been smart. He had a great pickup on a tight end screen, something that we had kind of talked about uh, throughout the week heading into the Northwestern game that ended up being a, a big play and a point where we were kind kind of, uh, you know, had those guys, uh, you know, stymied a little bit at least. And uh, so he's grasping that stuff. And I think just keep, uh, he keeps on kind of getting better at, at his craft and doing what he's doing. I know Chins has talked about him, you know, kind of being, you know, the sky's the limit with him. He's just a, he's a great athlete that, uh, you know, he's got that body type that's kind of somewhere in between. And we kind of use him that way where he's been playing linebacker at times. And then uh, when we get down to our, our four down or our nickel package and he, he's playing what really would ordinarily be a defensive backs position or a safety position. So he's got the versatility to be able to do those things. And I think he's trying to work hard to kind of fit into how do I fit into the front when I'm playing outside linebacker and when I got to move off and be more like a safety or a second level body, how does that change and where do I fit into the pass game? So he's done a good job of trying to uh, learn that and process it and, uh, and and play fast, which I think for the most part he's been able to do and uh, cut it loose and go. I, I think a guy with the number you know number of reps that you have, you're going to have some hiccups here and there. And just like everybody, I think we're all as players and coaches 
still searching for that elusive perfect game where you hit the 70 or 75 snaps where you grade them all out and everything is it comes up a plus. But uh, he's working hard to try to hit that, and um, he's got to keep going for us to be successful. Coach, when you were here two years ago, the Huskers had a, a, a player named Luke Gifford, whose younger brother's now on the team. Does Is JoJo similar to Luke, different in a lot of ways? How would you compare those two guys? You know, that's a good question, Greg, and, and, and probably a little bit different body type. You know, uh, again, I was, uh, you know, around Luke a little bit, but he was a longer body, um, you know, probably a little bit more lanky as an edge rusher. Um, JoJo's a little bit more compact, you know. Um, I'd probably, and I don't know what Luke weighed when he was uh, playing exactly, but probably JoJo's a little, uh, you know, thicker, I guess, uh, more stout uh, that way, than, and Luke was probably a little bit longer if that makes sense. But, um, you know, playing that outside, playing that edge, and be able to – the both guys gave a good explosive uh, rush off the edge. Uh, JoJo probably plays back on the second level a little bit more than Luke did. However, now, obviously, um, uh, Luke's doing that in, down in Dallas a little bit. So, uh, you know, it, it, the, both guys are versatile, and it's probably a good comparison that I hadn't thought about, Greg. Yeah. Hey, tonight's football show brought to you by – in part by Midwest Ford Eaters. Visit them at buyfordnow.com. A young guy who was being recruited when you were here two years ago and now is a sophomore in the program and in your room is Garrett Nelson. What, what about Garrett and what growth have you seen in Garrett's game since you came back to town? Yeah, Garrett's been a big piece of, of what we've been doing, obviously. Um, he's a guy that uh, throughout the course of the summer, I mean, he, he just wants to learn. He wants to know everything, and he wants to know it now. If he had his way, I, I kind of equate it to taking college-level classes, right? You start off in the 100-level class. This is football 101. This is where you stand. This is your stance, how you line up, and all those things. And a lot of times he wanted to know what the 800-level uh, guys uh, we're learning right off the bat. And he's done a, a really good job this year of kind of uh, going back and starting from the beginning. Um, and, you know, last year he got thrown in there and he was playing uh, as a true freshman. And, uh, you know, that that's not easy to do. It's in particular, you know, the, the line, linebacker, tight end positions, especially in this league. So um, there was some room to kind of go back and say, okay, hey, let's let's reset this a little bit. Now that you got your, your feet wet on it, uh, let's reset this and, and, and kind of start building this thing the right way and I think he's done a good job when you watch him play uh, you know there's there's no one throwing their body around more than he is and flying around he's doing a good job with that and uh, you know trying to uh, you know he, I think he's limit uh, minimized his, his, his errors uh, while at the same time getting a little bit more physical at the point of attack uh, we talk about striking our room uh, when you're putting your hands on a guy and I think that uh, there's times where he's gonna you know he'd be the first one to point out ah, you know I, I should have had a better base there I could have had my hands a, a little bit tighter there and you know take some back but I think he's done a much better job of setting the edge and, and being able to strike people this year coach i've heard you guys all say you want you want the team to play fast can you play too fast at times and is, does garrett fall into that trap at all well, I think that you can you can never play too fast for me, but you also have to play out. Of, you have to play under control. So yeah. there's a difference to me between playing fast and playing uh, out of control or reckless. And when when he's gotten to position where he's maybe uh, missed the play, and um, you know we can point to the to the, he had an opportunity to make a, a play in the Penn State game that he missed, and that was more about where are my head and my eyes and, and what, what's my leverage? That's something in, in my, in our room that we talk about a lot. Where, what shoulder am I keeping the ball in? And usually we're the edge of the defense. Normally we're the edge of the pass rush. 
uh, even though there could be a support player behind us, things like that. We have to do a great job, and, 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 and we have to continue to get better at playing with correct leverage, making sure that all of my fits are finishing with the ball carrier on the proper side of my body. And even if it's a play where, hey, I could have made that tackle in practice or, or an opportunity to make a tackle, as long as you're fitting it with the correct shoulder, that, that's something that's real important to us as, a, as an outside linebacker group. So uh, you can be uh, never – I never, I never thought I found a player that was too big, and I never found one that was too fast. But you always have to play under control. You got to keep your feet and your hands inside the framework of your body, so you don't get overextended and out of position. That's the big deal. Mike Dawson, Husker outside linebackers coach, with us until the top of the hour. Huskers will take off tomorrow for Iowa City, where they'll play the Hawkeyes on Black Friday at noon kickoff at Kinnick Stadium. Coach, uh, Caleb Tanner's been a guy that's been in the program for a while, had a sack in the Ohio State game. Uh, give me the progress report on what you've seen from Caleb. Yeah, uh, Caleb is a guy that when he gets going and gets on the edge, I think that he's got a chance to be a pretty good rusher. He, um, you know, the production hasn't come. We also, uh, you know, been behind in a couple games now where I think that uh, we can, if we can get ourselves to a little bit better position on third down as defense, we can uh, crank up the pass rush a little bit. And uh, he's a guy that I think at least, um, you know, his first couple games anyway saw him kind of, coming with a little bit more speed off the edge. He had a couple conversions off of uh, pretty good play actions uh, against Northwestern where he was maybe a step or two um, uh, away from having a, a pretty big play. And uh, he's a guy that's working on getting more physical in his game. Um, that's, uh, that's been a point of emphasis since uh, going back, to, you know, even February uh, when, when I first came back. Hey, we've got to get more physical at the point of attack. And, uh, you know, he, it's something that, that he's working on that he's knows that hey, you got to be more physical on first and second down uh, to be able to put yourself into a third and longer situation for now you can use your assets and your strengths to be able to go ahead and rush the, rush the quarterback. So if you can put all those pieces of it together, um, then uh, you're going to have yourself a, a pretty good edge man. You had four tackles in the game against Illinois on Saturday. Again, 531-500-4686, the number to call us or give us a text. Phil Darius Payne, boy, he jumped off the page at me in that Ohio State game. And, and I I mean, this I didn't think he would be in your room. But this is, this is a guy that's got some explosion. Tell me about Phil Darius. Yeah, he's a guy that uh, didn't start off in, in, in the room, but um, – based on a few uh, other guys going down and some movement and some things like that. We, he was a guy that was too explosive uh, when we, we were kind of started off practice as an interior rusher, not to try to take a look at him as an edge rusher. He uh, started off as, as one of Tony Tulioti's guys and uh, we moved him out and he's, he's He's learning it and, and, and kind of, um, you know, grasping being on the edge and, you know, playing with a little bit more space. Um, but he's a guy that's got a high motor um, that runs around. And I'm just going to tell you, one of the nicest guys uh, I've ever been around. Just a great demeanor, a pleasure to be around. And um, uh, just uh, looking forward to him kind of, you know, as he gets more comfortable. And he's a guy that you see him kind of flying around. And, you know, he's, he had a couple tackles the other day that were, you know, maybe um, – larger gains than we would like for an edge guy, but that's because he's tracking the ball and, and, and running pretty hard to try to get there. And Nick Henrich is a guy that looks like he's kind of bouncing between inside and outside. And with Colin Miller's injury, maybe he slides a little bit and gets some more snaps inside. But you got to love the versatility of a young guy like that. And he's also looks like he's getting more comfortable with more reps that he's getting in games. 
Yeah, and he's another guy that, uh, you know, we talked about the energy and uh, things like that, uh, you know, coming off the field. But, uh, you know, you saw him in the game the other day involved with the, the ball was on the right hash and he was playing that left end position, rushing the quarterback, and the ball slung out there. And he's all the way, you pick your head up, he's on the sideline getting involved in the tackle. So uh, he's it's great to have versatility. He's a smart guy. He's a football uh, junkie, lo- loves to, to learn and study it. So um, those things are going to be – they're going to benefit him down the road, you know, whether he's playing inside or outside and you know uh, as, as a guy that kind of knows we talk about as a, a four position guy in this defense you can play the two inside spots the two outside spots and uh, you know another guy that's he, he's young I mean he's he was a freshman last year and uh, you know hopefully he's got a lot of football ahead of him uh, getting themselves stronger um, physically more ready to go I think that obviously he's, uh, you know some injuries in the past and things like that but he uh, he's a guy that, uh, that that I'm excited to continue to work with and um, uh, continue to get him going. No doubt. Hey, tonight's Football Coaches Show brought to you in part by Dorothy Lynch, Homestyle and Light and Lean Dressing, Endless Flavorabilities. Coach Dawson with us until the top of the hour. One guy that, that we've started to see on special teams the last couple of weeks is Nico Cooper. Um, tell us about him, and I know some fans are going, man, I, why, why is he not on the field more defensively? What, what's, what's up with Nico? Because, man, he comes flying down the field on those special teams plays. Yeah, he's he's been a good guy in the room and a, a good guy to continue to progress and uh, keep keep him get uh, keep him uh, alive as far as getting reps and things like that. He's doing a nice job on special teams and he's a he's a, does a great job of bringing speed and excitement running down the field and um, he's a guy that's going to continue to progress and uh, keep on getting reps and keep on getting comfortable being out there and being able to put him in a good position where he's going to be successful. So uh, he, he's a guy that if if you took a picture of him, you say, oh well, yeah, that's what you want an outside linebacker look like mm-hmm. he's got those yeah, he's a big long frame he's got big giant hands and you know he's got great strength once he gets you know when he gets his hands on you and I think just uh you know it's a matter of time with him as far as uh you know soaking it in and uh continue to get that game experience uh on special teams is going to be invaluable for him and then um being able to get him cranked up and uh get get him out there a little bit more on defense as well Coach, now that you're into the season, how, how much development can happen? Because, I mean, you guys are – now that you're into the, the meat of it, the grind of it, you're just working on game plans and trying to get everything – getting the game plan in each week for the, for the game that weekend. How much can you work and develop with these guys? Or is that more of something that, that really has to happen in the spring? Yeah, it's probably a combination of both. Uh, you know, you, you go through, um, you know, off-season – time and spring ball really you know i think everybody you know that kind of missed the spring ball this year probably was affected by it but um you know you try to build the habits and uh you know you you think there's going to be situations that pop up into the game that hey that was a habit that was you know people talk about the game being won during the week throughout the practice and how you practice and the way you practice Uh, but i believe it's also through training camp and spring ball these are your habits that you develop and then when it's a play that you know an offense can put a new play in you know at any time maybe it's something you hadn't seen or hadn't reps before, you have to always fall back on your techniques and your fundamentals. So to be able to develop those habits throughout the course of an offseason is something that's really, really important. Yeah, no doubt. That's usually where a lot of the development for a football team happens is those off-seasons. Let's go to our text line. Tom and Lincoln wants to know if you've got any freshmen, true freshmen, in your room right now. Uh, yeah, we have a couple guys um, that, that are that are true freshmen um, that, that are coming along and, uh, you know, same thing, kind of, 
Uh, getting a little bit with Zach Duvall, I think that's important for, you know, for the true freshman. I think that when you talk about true freshman playing um, on the O-line, D-line, linebackers, and tight ends, I think that's something that, uh, you know, those guys got to soak a little bit in, and it's just uh, these guys are so much bigger and stronger than the guys they played against a year ago in high school uh, as far as being 22-year-old, you know, seniors. And, you know, you look at a guy like uh, Brendan Hymas, and all of a sudden you put one of those guys out against you and the, that was used to playing against a, you know, maybe 185-pound offensive tackle, <laughs> and then he's going up against a guy like that, and you go, whoa, there's a big, pretty big difference there. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'm excited about the young guys. I mean, the, the, the two young uh, – uh, freshmen that are the, the guys that are true freshmen, uh, Blaze and Jamari, both really good um, uh, guys in the room, both uh, good learners, and uh, both guys that are that are um, doing a good job of working out with our strength and uh, strength staff. And then at the same time, what's impressed me with about both of those guys is even though they're not. Uh, part of the the game plan or maybe playing on a week-to-week basis they're both the two of them sit in the the middle of the front row in the meetings and have uh, immaculate notes and uh, do a great job of learning from the other guys and uh, ask really good football questions you know not kind of something that you're like hey dude uh, I've already just got you know that was an easy question that you should already know by now but hey that's the question that shows me that you're digesting this thinking about the different things that could happen and, and that's been impressive by both those guys so coaches notice those things huh yeah 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 we 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 try to be as astute as possible greg uh you know and 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 there's you know sometimes sometimes i think guys ask questions just to kind of ask a question just so they can get a little face time and then there's a difference between those ones and you know is is this a real question you're asking me or you just want to kind of show me that you're uh you know trying to be into this or is this something that you're digesting and really uh asking me a thoughtful question that 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 pertains to what we're talking about and you know it also you know it can work both ways as a as a I'm sure that you know anyone that's listening that's a teacher, you know, same thing can probably relate to that. You know, <laughs> yeah. are, are they are they listening and engaged in your conversation, or are they kind of in their own heads? thinking about when the next time they have a chance to talk, what can they say? Because to me, there's a big difference between the two. If you're you know, trying to commute with some, communicate with somebody and you're waiting for your turn to talk instead of listening to what they're saying, you could miss a lot of information. So, uh, you know, we try to pay attention to that and uh, try to have a good idea what's going on in, in the room because that, that classroom time's really invaluable, especially with the restrictions and the amount of time that you're allowed to have with these guys. you got to be able to take advantage of it, and it can't always all be on the field. So, you got to be able to use that time wisely and you can't just be up in the front of the room giving a lecture that uh isn't isn't hitting home or 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 the guys aren't fielding so um you have to pay attention and everybody learns differently you got to kind of tweak your teaching style to be able to hit each guy in the room and uh figure out how they learn best speaking of teaching and and classroom work and all that today was the last day for final exams so the spring semester's over so these guys don't shouldn't have a lot of academic uh, restriction joy for the next three or four weeks that that probably uh, loosens them up a little bit maybe they can just can dive into football full-time here almost for the next month you know i think that it probably does um and it, and it probably is a little bit of a weight lifted off some shoulders you can yep. you know year in and year out after 20 something years of doing this you kind of 
you kind of see the ebbs and flows of the academic piece of it. You know, you, you usually you start off training camp in the summer and you have these guys football nonstop 24 seven. And then that first day, the first week, rather that classes start, you always go, you know, I remember, you know, early on in my coaching career, just remember, you just remember pulling your hair out the, that, that first week of classes with, you know, why was practice so lousy? We, you know, what happened today? Why, well, you know, this guy wasn't focused or that. And then it kind of dawned on me after a few years doing uh, the first week of classes is pretty stressful. And, you know, you maybe don't know where you're going or you, you're learning a, new, a bunch of new teachers and, you know, obviously classmates and things like that. So I think those things factor in and then, you know, diff- different time of year to have final exams, you know, between our season being pushed back and the school year being pushed in different directions. So, um, you know, all of that stuff is a little bit new and a little bit different that these guys are navigating. So, you know, what goes on off the field and, you know, in college is, you know, that there's a lot of different factors, you know, uh, that it was interesting seeing that last year again, uh, you know, the two different stints I've had now at, at the NFL level, you don't kind of deal with that, but maybe you deal with a little bit more, um, you know, the guys have families, for example, uh, it was probably a little bit more common there, you know, yeah. and so there's always kind of something and we try to talk about it. We're all, we're all human and we all love football and we want to be intense about it. And it's 24 seven, but we all also have to understand that uh, there's, there's life going on also, you know, whether it's, you know, stuff at, at home with the family or, you know, in this case that we're talking about with schoolwork and trying to get your academics done. And, uh, and, but the challenge is finding a way to make sure that uh, that doesn't, you know, crisscross into, into each one of them. Maybe one of them's going better than the other and you don't want one to bring the other one down and uh, you don't want one to steal from the other. So you have to do a good job of making sure you kind of keep balancing these guys' lives. Back to our text line, Mike in Omaha says, Coach, great to have you back on the staff. Um, I watch the Husker games, and I seem to notice that we don't seem to get many holding calls against us. How frustrating is that for coaches and players, and how do you talk to the guys about not getting too frustrated? Yeah, uh, thanks, Mike, uh, for, for, for welcoming me back, number one. And, uh, you know, that's another one, Mike. If I could buy your beer and, and, and talk to you about this one forever, I'd love to. Uh, that's a great question. Uh, you know, to me, you look at holding. I remember being a player and, and, and complaining to the refs about holding. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's part of the game. I coached the offensive line um, for a few years uh, when I was at New Hampshire and when I was a pit, And uh, I have a little bit of background there. And I used to tell those guys to grab them. Uh, you hold on to them in the framework of the body, uh, and and it's not a penalty. Yeah, and then to me as a defender, you got to try to make the official call it by being on an edge and getting outside the framework and uh, playing fast, as we talked about, and things like that. But uh, you know, th- there's there's certainly uh, you know you you want to get the calls that you want to get, and um, you, no one is as hard on uh, on those guys and want them to throw the flag for your favor. But I also have learned after a lot of years of losing my mind and. Trying trying to holler at those guys and everything else that, uh, you know, it, it, sometimes it, it works against you, you know, but uh, it's certainly frustrating, Mike, and uh, I'm with you on that 100%, but uh, it's something that you got to be able to control what you can control. You can't make the guy call it, you know, the, what we have to do is if the guy's grabbing you, how are you going to not let him grab you? You, yeah. you can't be surprised by an offensive lineman holding you. That's what they do. Uh, now your job is to not get held in the way you do it. And uh, the number one, not getting down the middle of a guy, 
guy, or if you are, how can you convert and get on an edge? How can you use your hands to keep his hands off of you? And then um, I, I go back, I, I teach, um, you know, the real estate. Well, how can I control the, the inside part of his body before he controls the inside part of my body? You know, if I'm an offensive tackle, I know that, that those old line coaches are teaching him, get your inside hand on his inside number. We're teaching the same thing back as an edge rusher when we're converting ourselves to power. And you try to do that before they can hold on to you and then get off the block and, um, you know, uh, try to get after it that way. But uh, it's something that you got to be aware of and something that you could pull your hair out trying to, hey, that's a hold, <laughs> this is a hold. And, uh, you know, there, there's a bunch of different rules that I, I think I've become an expert. At one time in my life, I thought I was going to be a, a baseball umpire. Uh, then I, I realized that uh, half of the stadium is always going to be mad at you no matter what yeah. you say. So I uh, got into coaching instead, I guess. And we're back, Hour 3, Sports Nightly here on a Wednesday. I hope you enjoyed last hour. I did. I thought that was fascinating. Mike Dawson was great. Gave some insight into a lot of different topics. So that was fun, catching up with Oscar outside linebackers coach. Hope you enjoyed that. Coming up this hour, we'll have Buy Sell. We'll also kind of talk more about that Huskers win earlier today over McNeese State in the opening day of college basketball. It's really cool seeing all the scores cross through the ticker. It's fun. I know there were some cancellations, but a lot of scores popping out. Speaking of cancellations, this saw this, Ben, a couple of minutes ago. Sources are telling folks around Columbus, Ohio, that multiple Ohio State players have tested positive. The positive in tests involved multiple position groups, and a decision on Saturday's game against Illinois is going to be made tomorrow. Yeah, and, and if they can't play, that would be two. So yeah, that's I mean, right. they're, they're yeah. getting dangerously close to that threshold as well. Um, yeah, I mean, this this year could quickly spiral away from the Big Ten if, mm. if this stuff keeps happening. Yeah, that's a good point there. I don't know if it would be too late for Illinois to play Wisconsin again because those would be the two teams that are okay. That was but supposed to happen by today. You're right. So, yeah, you're right. So I, I don't know that they would make that quick a turnaround. Plus, those two have already played. So I don't know that if I'm Illinois, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to do that. Sorry. Yeah, you guys want... already gave us COVID once. Yeah, we'll sit yeah. this one out. Probably sit this one out. So there's a story to follow. We already know that Wisconsin-Minnesota is off. We heard earlier today that Oklahoma-West Virginia is off. There's been a handful of cancellations again around the country as everybody's dealing with COVID. But as far as we know, the Huskers are fine and ready to travel tomorrow to Iowa City to take on the Hawkeyes. All right, let's get into buy-sell. What about a recap of, uh, of some of the last uh, weeks or so, guys? Well, uh, it's been a little bit of an up-and-down uh week well it's been up and down for me at the very least mostly down um but you know (laughs) neither here nor there uh we'll begin with the answers uh from last week uh starting with one that austin asked this was an nba question by ourselves that at least two of the first seven picks in this year's nba draft would be traded on or before draft night that answer winded up being a sell none of the first seven actually the first trade was at 16 so Ben, Josh, Brett, and I right with the sell. Greg and Austin wrong with the buy. Dang it. No trades. No, no deal. Smoke, but no fire. No trades for you. True. Yeah. All right. So topic number two for answer number two was Husker football. Ben asked us this back in late October. Ben asked, buy or sell that Nebraska returns a kickoff past midfield before Thanksgiving. That's a sell. They did not. So Greg and Ben, you're right, as is Tim. Boom. Yeah. Okay. Starting hey, up on the right. Three road. up, three down. Not a bad question for me. <laughs> <laughs> this is 
This is true. Uh, got another Austin NBA special for you all. Buyer saw that at least six international prospects would be taken in the first round of the NBA draft. And again, LaMelo did not count uh, for that one. He is American despite playing in Europe. Uh, the answer ended up being a buy. There were seven. Uh, yeah. I sold it, got it wrong. So did Brett, so did Ben. But Greg, Josh, and Austin all correct with the buy. Yeah. That's a good Here line. Go. Good line. Yeah. Whole run on him. Love it. Fantastic. All right. Another NBA one. This one from Brett just a couple weeks ago. He asked, buy or sell that LaMelo Ball is the first overall draft pick and that he would score at least 15 points in his NBA debut. We can answer this one now because he was not the first overall pick. It was a sell. Greg and Brett bought it incorrect. Ben, myself, Tim, and Josh sold were correct. Sorry, Melo. Yeah, I don't. I wasn't buying that. Had no reason to. Uh, got a Greg Husker football one. Buyers sell that Nebraska's QBs would outrush Illinois' QBs this past Saturday. That answer, it was a buy. It was 130 to 50 yards. Didn't seem that way, but that was definitely the case. Luke actually did uh, do a decent job running the ball. Uh, I sold it. Josh sold it. Ben sold it all wrong. But Greg, Brett, and Austin correct with the buys. Three and three, huh? Not bad. Not bad. Another Husker football one from this last Saturday. Dumpsters via Josh. Buy or sell that Nebraska accumulates at least 550 yards of total offense or that Nebraska and Illinois combine for 1,000. The correct answer was a sell. Nebraska only reached 392. There were 882 yards combined, so neither hit, and everyone sold it. <clears throat> Man, Yay, not team. that far off, though, honestly. No. 882? Solid line. Yeah. It's not bad. Team. Didn't, didn't catch any of us, but there we go. Uh, another Austin NBA one. Asked a lot of these. Uh, buyers sell that at least eight players drafted in the first round of the NBA draft would play for a team that finished in last season's final AP Top 25. The answer was a buy, 11 of them. It pays to, to be on one of those programs. Uh, Greg sold it, got it wrong. So did I. So did Brett. But Ben, Josh, and Austin all correct with the buy. Yeah, there was a bunch. A couple of them on the same team. Yeah, I guess if you have like a cable, I guess these scouts are not flipping to the marquee matchups when you're looking at like Missouri State or whatever. They're just <laughs> looking at whatever's on ESPN. Fair, I guess. Makes <laughs> sense. Back to the gridiron. Greg asked us buy or sell that both Ohio State and Wisconsin cover on Saturday. That was a sell. Neither of them did. Ohio State by a touchdown only over Indiana. They were favored by multiple scores. Wisconsin ended up losing. They were favored. So that's a sell. Greg, you were the only one to buy it. Really? On. Yeah. I thought I remember selling that. Hmm. You did sell it. That no, was right you, then. You were right. You were, No, you were right. And you, but you called your shot. Well, you called half of it because you said Northwestern would cover. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't imagine this. I didn't. I didn't imagine Ohio State. So, I guess I was confused by the wording. Greg, you were the only one to get it wrong. Is that right? Yes. Correct. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. That's true. I uh, got another college football one. This was yours, Ben. Uh, by ourselves, that there is a lead. Cha- there would be a lead change in the final two minutes of the USC Utah game. The answer was a sell. The last lead change was uh, actually in the second quarter and early on. Uh, ben, you bought your own question, got it wrong, uh, but I'm a sucker too. I also bought it. Uh, Greg, Josh, Brett, and Austin all correct though with a sell. Yeah, it was it was close at halftime, and then <laughs> USC just kind of ran away with it. Yeah, the when, I, when I looked at when I I looked at that game of the second quarter, USC was up three, so I thought maybe 
It had a chance, but yeah, no. They, didn't. The Utes were a little out of practice. I think that was their season opener all the way in November. Um, I don't know if we should have had a buy sell about that. Who would have the latest season opener? Uh, answer was the Utes uh, way in November. That's uh, that's pretty bad. All right, we'll go to the Pro Football League. Josh asked, buy or sell that Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins combined for at least four more fantasy points than Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf in the Seahawks-Cardinals Thursday night game. The answer was a sell. Wilson and Metcalf outscored Murray and Hopkins by 3.3 points. Greg and Tim, the only winners they sold. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. My fantasy team, though, is on the on the skid right now. It's not, not looking pretty. Josh rang my uh, <laughs> rang my. It was it was bad. Uh, it was bad. We don't need to go there. Uh, ben got me this week. Ben took me down. Yeah, it's it's, it's like it's collapsing. I'm just playing this. spoiler at this point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got a Brett college football one to round out this or this past week's answers. Buy or sell that at least one of the underdogs would win at least three matchups this past weekend, where both teams are ranked in the top 25, and that underdog would win by eight or more points. So a lot of stipulations there. Uh, but the answer did end up being a bye. Northwestern beat Wisconsin by 10. Not a lot of us saw that coming. Uh, but Brett and I did. We got it right with a bye. But everyone else, wrong. Good for you guys. Sun. That's a gutsy answer right there. Yeah. Good for you yeah. guys. I think I probably only bought it because I didn't really understand the wording. That was a complex, a lot of like, it's like a Russian nesting doll question. There was a lot of things that had to happen there. Yeah. So good for you guys. Well, thanks, Pat. Good, a good, good job, Pat. Uh, good guy, Pat, getting it done. Uh, well, that brings us to this week's totals. Uh, Greg and Ben went six of eleven. Respect, or yeah, both the, both the six eleven. That's, that's a good showing. So did Brett, uh, and then the rest of us, Josh, Austin, and I went seven of eleven. So not a lot of a lot of parity, I guess here. Um, looking at the season overall totals, Greg still leading the pack and pretty healthily too. 78 of 117. That's 67 percent correct oh rate. Gosh. Nearly 68. Really pacing. That things. is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ben a little bit behind him. 75 of 117. That's 65 percent. Three back. We can do it. We can do this. Yep. Uh, Austin uh, just trailing Ben. He's in third place. 73 of 117. Uh, gentlemen's clap for Austin there. Uh, Josh sitting at 68 of 117, and then Brett 64 of 117, and then uh, last but certainly not least, I'm at a gentlemanly 59 of 117. I'm the only one below 50% on the season. Um, but like a phoenix, uh, I am bound to rise, right? Right? Or so they say. Um, at least I hope. We shall see. <laughs> that gets us into this week's questions, and Greg, you shall take it away. All right, let's do it. Husker football question. Buy or sell that Husker wide receivers have more catches Friday than the Iowa wide receivers. Hmm. I'm going to sell it, I think. I'm going to sell it. I'm selling it. Yeah, Man, you, know, you didn't even think about it. Well, yeah. I'm going to sell just because Luke's going to get the ball uh, in his hand. Well, whoever starts, I guess we don't know if it's going to be McCaffrey for sure or not. But I think whoever the Husker QB is is going to be apt to run the ball quite a bit. Uh, I, I think Iowa, they're going to run the ball too a lot. But I still think that Iowa's wideouts will probably end up with a little bit more catches on the day. We throw the tight ends a ton too. Yeah. And I, I just don't have a lot of trust in Nebraska. So do they. See, I'm going to buy it. I think Iowa's seen what teams have done to Nebraska on the ground. They'll, they'll take their shots when they're there, but I think Nebraska's going to sling it a little bit more than Iowa does. And I, I, I'll trust the receivers. I'll put me down as a buy for that one. All right. Ben, you're up. Okay, I'm going Husker Hoops after today. Buy or sell that Nebraska will have two different players 
Record a double-double before the calendar turns to 2021. Hmm. And I'm going to buy it. Do we have one today? No, no. we didn't. I'm going to call my shot and say it's Delano Banton and... I'll say... Um... Ivan. Give me Ivan and Delano. Well, well. Yeah, I'm gonna I- I'm selling this thing. I think that's a it's a lofty goal. It's not eh, two before twenty twenty one. That's 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 a lot to ask, and when you never know with, with stuff getting up in the air with COVID and all that, so uh, the safe thing to do is to sell it. I will buy as well. I think Delano's a pretty obvious answer. We saw his versatility today. Give me Shamil Stevenson as my second, though. I know he came off the bench, but I think he's got a big role to play for this Husker team, and he'll get it done. Yeah, I'll buy it. Uh, I think there's technically there's eight more games left in 2020. Tim's right, though. Some of those could get canceled because of COVID. But, yeah, I think a little tighter games, guys are going to get more minutes, and you're going to get a chance to get those double-doubles. Thanks for acknowledging that. I was right, Greg. It means a lot. Uh, buy or sell that uh, this one's coming out of Husker football land. Buy or sell that the Iowa Hawkeyes will win the turnover margin on Friday by two turnovers or more. Not to be a pessimist. Um, but sadly, I think I'm going to buy it. Um, you know, Huskers have the turnover bug. You know, I don't think it's going to be as bad as it was against Illinois. But, um, you know, I, that's, a, that's a tough thing, uh, keeping control of the football. And Nebraska hasn't been doing it. Well, lately, and I could I could see him copping up once or twice or maybe throwing a pick. So, unfortunately, I think I'm going to buy it. Hard sell. I think Nebraska's due for some bounces on fumble luck, and I think they take better care of the ball. At least I hope. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell it, too. I think it's either even or plus one either way, not two. Man, minus five last week. Iowa, like the last ten years, leads the country in interceptions. I'm with Tim. I'm going to buy it, as much as I don't like to say that. <laughs> hey, I mean, we're just being pragmatists is all. I mean, we're Haters. just. Yeah, fair, fair. So that's the word I would use as well. I'll go to the NFL here and specifically tomorrow's games and, well, I guess a Sunday game. So if you guys buy or sell that the NFL Thanksgiving games are decided by a combined 15 points or less, including Ravens Steelers, which was moved to Sunday. The lines of those games are 3-3 and 4 points. So I will buy it. Hmm. Close games everywhere. Yeah, NFL has close games all the time. I'm going to buy that pretty, as well. Pretty terrible football tomorrow. Oh, horrible. To be honest. Yeah. Just horrendous. You, as you a tradition. Just, watch you need, All you need is one game to be decided by double digits, and it yeah, goes you, over. Can the Cowboys and the, can the football team, can they score points? <laughs> the Cowboys the just won a game, Ben. They did. They just won a football Every game. time someone says the Washington football team, I have to remind myself that's a real thing. I can't believe that's just what they – I get it's only temporary, but th- that is the Stupid. most generic thing I've ever heard of. They're doing it next year, too, aren't they? Really? Yeah. Yeah, they are. I'm oh. going to sell this, by the way. I'm selling. I'm selling. All right. Well, that brings us to, to one of Josh's cues. Uh, this one, a Husker men's basketball one. Buy or sell that Nebraska has at least six players in double-figure scoring in at least one of their next two games. And I'm going to buy it. Um, you know, every, every team they're going to play isn't going to be McNeese. I mean, Nevada's a much tougher opponent. Um, that said, you know, Huskers play a lot of guys, and the way they were stroking it today, I don't expect them to, to all of a sudden clam up. So give me a buy. 
I'll sell it. Six is a lot, especially in just the next next two games, I think, is a, a bigger ask. They'll have balance. That'll stick around. But in the next two games, to get to six again, that seems a little, little bit of a stretch. Yeah, I mean, I, they really benefited today from the 27 turnovers. Um, so I think you'll see the next two teams take better care of the ball. I think that's a good line, but I'm going to sell it. Yeah, I'm selling it, too. It took Nebraska 102 points to get there today. 102 points to get to the six. They're not going to score 100 uh, tomorrow or, or probably the next game. So I think just by shrinking that down, say say they score 86, that's 16 less points. And I, I don't know you're getting to six with that, so I'm selling. We stick with Nebraska ball for Brett's question. Buy or sell that Nebraska wins their Golden Window Classic matchups by an average margin of four points. Uh, sure, sign me up. Yeah, I will buy, buy. it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm buying. Buy. buy. Yeah, I'll take it. I'm not going to be a contrarian. I'll buy it. Although I do like be a contrarian. Thanks, Brett, for the layup. <laughs> Man. All right, my question is now in jeopardy because of this Ohio State news. Because mm. uh, I've got a Big Ten football question. Buy or sell that there are 350 points scored this weekend in Big Ten football. So you now can do you a got line a fa- adjustment if you want. Question hasn't because, been asked yet. Be, because the over-under in the Ohio State-Illinois game is like 70. So it's a big chunk of this 350. Well, take I put the, 30 points off of it. Is there a commissioner that will approve that yeah, to happen? <laughs> we'll, we'll go we'll, for it. It'll be it'll have an asterisk by it for this week, but the the, the committee it'll go through the normal process, and well, uh, we'll see. Don't forget, so you, I did switch my uh, international prospects line from I, writing to Showtime, so there and is. And I, I I've thrown two curveballs as the segment right. has been asked as well. well so. It's just you know if that game gets canceled, obviously that completely well, here's changes the deal. this whole thing. Things change because we come up with these questions in the afternoon, and True. you know. So, the results are not yet certified, uh, but you'll have your day in court. You can ch- the question has right. not been asked. You can change the, right. you can change so, the point total. So I'll drop it to three hundred and twenty. So then okay. you gotta then you gotta factor in is that game gonna happen or not. So uh, so yeah. Buyer sold that there are three hundred and twenty points scored this weekend in Big Ten football. And I will sell it. Yeah, I'm out now. Sell. <laughs> yeah, even I'm, with the 30 point buffer. Um, yeah, my my brain has hard time processing these these large uh, three digit point, point totals. So I'm gonna sell that. I don't, I don't like it. Even if Ohio State and Illinois were to play, I don't I I don't know if they get there. So I am also a sell. But if they play, we're we're all we're hosed, all, probably. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Pretty much. See, Josh isn't answering these right now, and neither is Brett, so they'll have a leg up if they answer tomorrow. More yeah, if there's first. a decision made on that game, it really makes that easy. Well, just you just don't tell them. Just don't tell yeah. them. Yeah. You know, the logic <laughs> right. behind the question. Shh. All right, here we go, boys. <laughs> NFL for tomorrow as well. This is pertaining to the Fox game, post game. So when the game's over, don't go turning your channel off or you won't know the answer to this question. Buy or sell that the Fox turkey leg MVP – Goes to one offensive player. So if you're unfamiliar with this, it's kind of their MVP of the game, and they they're the turkey leg MVP. They you know they do the turkey leg at the at the post game interview with the sideline reporter. 
And I say one and offensive because in the past it's been given to multiple people, like the Cowboys offensive line or the special teams units or whatever. They've, they've given it to multiple people before. Hmm. But I'm still buying it, baby. Give me, give, me, give me one offensive player. There's just a lot to this question. It's like layers on layers. It's you know? not, Tim. It's one offensive player. That's it. Because <laughs> it can go to a defensive guy, too. Can it, it can go to a defensive player. It can, I mean, it's, it, it can go, go to theoretically anybody. Which teams or are multiple the, the people we're picking from here? Yeah, which what? is this? Is this Dallas it's Washington the Fox game? Which is one is Dallas? that? Somebody's going to get it. Is that Dallas Washington? I think it's I the, think what, the new imagine. game, right? Out, or is it? Yeah, uh, the new game would be Detroit. And I'm uh, looking here. I'm looking because it's NFC. Yeah, Fox. Well, the other one's NFC too. There you go. Come on, Ben. Um, it is Washington Dallas. Oh, oh boy. Well, is anyone going to get the turkey leg MVP in that game, Tim? They're not going to abandon the tradition just because they're bad football team. <laughs> if, no it, says if it's going to be an that would be a, if you don't think anybody's going to get it, that's a sell because that's not one <laughs> offensive player. So there are, I feel like there are really only two offensive options, and that's Antonio Gibson and Scary Terry McLaurin. But or maybe Alex Zeke. Smith, so mm. eh, eh, no, yeah, having yeah. Zeke's, Zeke's on my already fantasy won it, team, though. and I can assure you, he has not been my MVP the past. He had a good game last week, hundred yards and a touchdown. I, I guess I'll buy. I'm not. I, I'm not trying to convince. Answer. Answer the question, everyone. I'll, bu- I'll right. buy. I'll. No, I'll. I'll buy it. I'll buy it. Now everybody's just gonna buy it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry, Ben. Points if there's this much debate. It is what it is. Yeah. It is what it is. Uh, I got another football question. Uh, this one coming from the land of college, the Iron Bowl. Buy or sell that Auburn will gain at least 400 yards of total. <laughs> I think Austin's already answered the question. Sorry, let me start over. Buy or sell that Auburn gains at least 400 yards of total offense in the Iron Bowl and allows at least 400 yards to the Crimson Tide on defense. Uh, that's what Auburn's been averaging uh, this year, 400 yards on offense, 400 yards on defense. Uh, so I will buy it, even though Austin is emphatically <laughs> already gave him his answer in all capital letters, tripping me up. There is no chance <laughs> Auburn reaches 400 yards Come against on. Alabama. Bo there Nicks? is no chance. No, I am up. all out on Auburn. There is no chance. Hard sell. The over-under is at like 62-some-odd. I mean, they're going to move the ball. There's going to be lots of scores. Alabama's yeah. going to score 45. What's the line? Yeah, that's fair. Come on, guys. Bam is favored by 50 in the line 62, Tim. (laughs) Come on. Yeah, I know. So the only way Auburn gets 400 yards of offense is that eagle drops down, swoops up, picks up the ball, and drops it into the receiver's arms in the end zone. I couldn't be be further away from a buy on this question. I, if, is if anyone going to win the Turkey Lake MVP award? I mean, what's going on? I mean, you bought it. So, yeah, apparently. Yeah, Bo Nix. Like, I, I'm going to be vindicated when this comes true, just so you guys know. <laughs> it's not going to. You'll I never. You'll never. Getting to 40 yards unless, unless Bama's whole team gets COVID tonight. <laughs> well, hey, Nick Saban has it. You know, you never know. Tim, they know what they're doing. You never know. All right, we'll, we'll close it off with a hopefully more sensible college football question. <laughs> so says you. All right, I'm turning, his, I'm turning his microphone off. Not allowed to clown me like that. Well, I just did. Anyways, <laughs> buy or sell that Northwestern is the highest-ranked Big Ten West team in the college football playoffs rankings in at least 75% of the released polls. I will buy it. Oh, yeah. I'm They're selling on principle. Sell. They're not losing. Clown, clown sell. 
And there's no way, even if they get beat in the title game, there's no way you could vault Wisconsin over them because they won the head-to-head. So you have to Yeah, buy Wisconsin's going to play four games by the end of the year. Actually, wait, this is a dumb question. I'm buying it. Yeah, there's like no way it can be – it's like unfalsifiable, and I'm buying it. That's right, Austin. Wow. How do you make? How does that make you feel? It makes I'm me feel fine. I'm, I'm, I'm a little hard, but I mean, Northwestern. <laughs> we we've mentioned it. They're about due for a disappointment, uh, so maybe. But all right. Well, that brings us to the end of this beloved buy sell. Okay, there we go. Another another week of entertainment, raw entertainment here something. on it's Sports. Definitely something. <laughs> Sports nightly. <laughs>